It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, boys down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Thanks for staying tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases, and it has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional city ordinances and to represent both Republican candidates and the Democratic Party. One of my election law prosecutions removed marijuana billboards from Route 101. And I have had the privilege of serving repeatedly as Superior Court Special Master. Here on Slow County Public Policy and the Law, office holders, lawyers, activists, and candidates appear to inform you about government actions shaping your lives. That focus brings folks with differing points of views, without being attacked, to tell you about how they think the laws can be improved, even if I or station management disagree with a guest's ideas. In the last hour, I gave you the owners of the Black Market Cheese Company, and they told you all about their farm-to-table offerings and tours that you can take of their farm with visiting relatives. Last week, I interviewed Congressman Salude Carbajal about his representation of you in the House of Representatives. I also questioned Emily Elliott and Ron Eukelson of the Carmel and Nakasha Law Firm about hospital employment standards and employee standards that protect workers. If you missed any of that, you can log on to knews985.com. That's K-N-E-W-S-985.com, and you can listen to the podcasts. This hour, I am so pleased to bring Taylor Taff onto the show to talk about his Revive Dive youth program and his candidacy for San Luis Obispo City Council in the November 2024 election. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you on. I, uh, uh, how did you get into the Revive Dive program? I, I suppose we should talk about what it does first, but... But how did you get into that? Yeah, I'd love to. So about 2015, I got into scuba diving, instantly loved it. Um, You know, I have a passion for marine life and just being near the ocean in general and, you know, took to scuba diving almost immediately, quickly progressed through the the various levels and uh, got my dive master. Uh, certification a little later. Now, does that mean as a dive master, you can teach other people to dive? Within certain parameters. Okay. So I can mm-hmm. teach them within a pool-like environment. Um, I cannot certify them to be an open water certified diver. Okay. However, I can lead dives, and it is a professional certification. Well, good, good. And and then uh, do you have uh, folks who can certify folks for ocean diving once they've gone through your program? Absolutely. So we have open water certified 
instructors and we have other dive masters to assist them in that. So I'd hap- I am happy to talk a little bit about what Revive Dive is. So yeah. Yeah. the way I got into it is obviously my love of scuba diving. However, I also have a passion for environmental justice and cleaning up. So what Revive, Revive Dive is, is essentially a nonprofit that focuses on cleaning up the coastal waterways and underneath the Central Coast Piers. So we're focused on Hartford Pier and Avila, uh, Morro Bay, uh, even down to Pismo. And we want to clean up the refuse underneath it that the other local cleanup nonprofits such as EcoSlow can't quite touch. Um, we're hoping to fill that void there. They're usually doing beach cleanup or creek cleanup. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, they provide a, a great service that we're hoping to partner with. Um, mm-hmm. But we're hoping to get the ones that are a little bit harder to reach. Well, you've got a big board of directors. Uh, you've got uh, Brett Strickland uh, is the chief financial officer. And, he is, yes. And uh, Melanie McDowell is your public relations director. Yeah, you wouldn't want me doing that job. I barely uh, I barely keep <laughs> up with my MySpace account. So I should have had her on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and Brandon, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Schmiedeberg. Schmiedeberg. He's the secretary. And you've got uh, Ryan Kiever. They're all involved in this, aren't they? Yeah, Ryan's our chief counsel. Okay. And then uh, how many, uh, you know, are you serving youth? Or are you serving uh, uh, adults? What? How do you get folks into this program? Well, Revive Dive is a multi-focused uh, nonprofit, so we have the environmental justice cleanup uh, focus. Uh, but on the other hand, we have a um, educational purpose behind it. So we're trying to bring in youth from foster care programs or independent living programs, mm-hmm. and give them a background in environmental justice and volunteerism, as well as you know, altruism, and get their foot in the door into a matter that they might not be able to afford or not have the opportunity to do so. Yeah, dive classes can be very expensive, plus the equipment. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're hoping to get uh, these um, you know, teenagers mainly into the program that way, but we're also focusing on restorative justice programs as well. So uh, we're looking at um, bringing on participants from restorative uh, partners. You know, it's a nonprofit in San Luis Obispo. Well, now that would be folks who had been convicted of crimes and they're... Uh, they're rehabilitating themselves. Absolutely. You know, uh, individuals that perhaps were recently incarcerated and they're on parole or, you know, giving them um, opportunity to serve the community. Okay. And uh, when's, when's the first uh, class for these folks uh, on the restorative justice and on the youth uh, side uh, scheduled to happen? Yeah, well, we're, active, we're actively searching for um, participants in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're interviewing uh, individuals through the Independent Living Program, as well as through Restorative Partners. However, our first cleanup is uh, planned for mid-February, and we'll be pairing that hopefully with uh, EcoSlow. Okay. And, and where will that be happening, do you think? Most likely it'll be happening in Avila and Morro Bay. Okay. And, and folks, uh, this is your host, Stu Jenkins. I'm having a chat with Taylor Taff about uh, the Revive Dive program. And uh, for our listeners, he actually knows the name of Harford Pier. You know, it always uh, is sort of offensive when I hear that it's Old Port Pier uh, because it was built by Harford as the second pier, I think, in the county. 
to compete with the Avila Pier uh, when it was uh, the railhead for the new Pacific Coast Railway. Well, it sounds like you should be on the board for uh, our educational purposes as well. Well, I was on the I was on the Harbor Commission, oh, Port St. Louis, for ten years, and uh, and I uh, my wife and I helped restore the Point St. Louis uh, Lighthouse uh, and get it open as a public park. Oh, the, that's wonderful. So um, got a little history, but uh, anyhow, the the one thing that is important, I think, is for folks to know that there really is a lot of trash that goes into the sea, uh, either out the creek or thrown off uh, the piers or the beaches, and um, how are you getting down to do this cleanup? I'm not sure I quite Uh, understand your question. In other words, do you go down in groups uh, when you're diving? Oh, yes. So um, typically what will happen is we'll be in groups of four or five um, no more than four participants per instructor. Uh, we wouldn't want to change that ratio too much. And, you know, we go down, we work in teams, uh, search patterns. So we're not, um, so we're not having any redundancy in terms of, you know, where we're cleaning up. We're trying to make the most of our air. You can only be so, down there so long. So you can't have somebody who's really lazy that follows someone else, uh, so that they don't have anything to pick up, right? We might have them, uh, help us on the surface. <laughs> okay. So I think we've got the where and the when for the Revive Dive program. Have you been raising funds for it? So it's a, it's brand new. We mm-hmm. uh, officially launched uh, November 6th, and we had our ribbon cutting through the Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. a little later that month. We have had a few donations, and we're actively looking for grants as well. Um, but any donations are obviously welcome. And now, if somebody wanted to donate to this program to help uh, uh, foster kids learn how to dive or to help restorative partners uh, bring folks back into the light with your help, uh, how would they contact the Revive Dive program? Yeah, the best way would be through our website, and that would be www.revivedive.org. Okay. And is there a phone number? Yeah, that would uh, be 714-232-5140. Okay, sounds good. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about the Revive Dive program that uh, you think folks would be interested in? Oh, I'd like to say that it's uh, not a requirement for you to have a dive um, background. You don't have to be certified. Uh, We're happy to bring on volunteers that can help with the surface uh, level processes as well as any um, organizations of the volunteers. So you've got people up in the boats that are essential. The divers are bringing up the trash and the boat folks in the boats are collecting it and uh, and are they sorting it? I imagine some of it's recyclable. Absolutely. Yeah, they'll sort it, they'll document it. Uh, it helps um, to survey what we're actually bringing up. Uh, that way we can report it to the county. Um we will be working directly with um, waste management companies and nonprofits as well to dispose that. So it's important for us to dispose any biohazards properly. Yeah, yeah. sure. I imagine you're going to find uh, needles. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll probably come across quite a few sharps, and you know those yeah. will need to be handled by law enforcement. So we are looking for active law enforcement volunteers as well, and. Um, particularly, we're looking for marine biologists and ecologists that can 
help train not only our volunteers, but as well as our instructors in the safe removal of uh, underwater refuse. We certainly wouldn't want to do more damage than good, uh, as a lot of these marine creatures have established a underwater... Um, so I suppose if you find a buried Volkswagen or a partially buried Volkswagen with, uh, you know, sea anemone all across the top of it, um, that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. But if you do find a buried Volkswagen, call me because I am a, a fan of restoring <laughs> old vehicles. Old Volkswagens. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, of course, the next question is, because I watch too much detective shows, uh, is there a body in there? Well, we'll go on. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. We have uh, we have uh, had some training in that, though. I, I was on the uh, sheriff's dive team for a while in okay. the search and recovery. Okay. That's good experience. Well, uh, folks, this is your host, Stu Jenkins, at Slow County Public Policy. We're having a good talk with Taylor Taff about his revived dive program. And, uh, and now I think we better talk about your candidacy for San Luis Obispo City Council member. Well, sure. I'm okay. happy to do that. Okay. I, I uh, actually, uh, listeners, I invited Taylor Taff on here because he was the very first one who signed up and filed his papers for city council uh, for the election for November of 2024. Not that far away now. Uh, less than a year away. It is. It's coming up. And um, you, I, I'm one of those uh, nerds who goes in and looks at... Uh, people's papers and what they filed and uh yeah you've got a really good website i might add um you want to tell folks about where they can find your information about you on your candidacy sure well in terms of getting an early start i certainly have a tendency to be very efficient in any anything i do um so once i had the idea to to run i wanted to get uh, you know my name on the on the website as soon as possible. So I developed my own website. That would be uh, www.votefortaft.com. And TAF is spelled T-A-F-F. Not Frank. Not Taft with a T, but T-A-F-F. Correct. Not to be confused with the former president. No, no. (laughs) Not that I didn't endorse some of his policies. (laughs) Well, you know, former president Taft was uh, well before your your birth. (laughs) No, certainly true. (laughs) Uh, but he did write the um, Constitution for the Philippines, a little-known fact. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Have you ever run for office before, Taylor? I haven't. No, I don't have any political background. And I, when I pulled your papers, mm-hmm. you filed these in uh, August uh, of this year to run for city council. I, I noticed that Brett Strickland is also your campaign manager, it looks like. He is, yeah. He's a good friend of mine. And what does Brett do? I, I should know. Uh, Brett works over at Vandenberg. Okay. So, uh, and then what struck me was you had a uh, treasure, and this is not a bad idea to have a professional treasure because mm-hmm. campaign finance uh, laws are pretty complex. But uh, your campaign treasure is based in St. Paul, Minnesota. How, yeah. How did that happen? Well, she's a personal friend with um, experience, okay. you know, in, in finances, and I thought it would be prudent to stay away from that aspect of it uh, myself. It's a good idea. Yeah. And uh, so I imagine she's had to bone up on San Luis Obispo's uh, fairly unique campaign finance uh, uh, regulations. Oh, both of us have, actually. Yeah, yeah. We, we certainly yeah. 
spent many an evening you know, delving through the through the various paperwork. Remind me, is the the most that any one person can give to a candidate in the city of San Luis Obispo is three hundred dollars? At the moment, it's three hundred, and yeah. it's been uh, talked about you know lowering that to two hundred fifty. Yeah, uh, it it has, and uh, someone may challenge it eventually. It's probably an unconstitutionally low figure. But one of the things that has happened because it is so low is that most of the uh, uh, city races now uh, depend on uh, PACs or party money, uh, advertising and, uh, and endorsing. Sure. Have you reached out to any of the political parties to uh, get their endorsement at this point? Well, I am a Democrat, so I have yeah. reached out to the Slow Democratic Party. And have you been given an audience at this point? Yeah, I've uh, spoken with a couple of the key members there, and um, at the moment we are chatting. We're you know we're in preliminary, you know, chats. I, I wrote the bylaws uh, for the endorsement process for the San Luis Obispo County Democratic Party a few years ago. They may have changed it, but there's actually uh, in those bylaws a requirement that any uh, person running for city council or local office be invited. The uh, by committee and uh, interviewed. There is another candidate now uh, who also is a Democrat. Uh, I don't know if you are aware of him. Yeah, the uh, uh, the, the Cal Poly student, I believe, correct? Uh, well, I don't know what he does. But okay. uh, anyway, that uh, and we haven't had a Cal Poly student elected to the uh, city council in San Luis Obispo since T. Keith Gurney. Uh, got elected in the 70s. In the 70s, so it's mm -hmm. been a while. It has been a while. And well, I uh, applaud him and getting an early start as well. Well, yeah. No, that's a good thing. Uh, there will be two seats up on the city council, plus the mayor's seat will be up as well. Um, and th you're the only two candidates so far who have filed. So, At the moment, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, have do you have a political action committee that is uh, working to uh, support you? No, I haven't gotten that far in the in the process. Okay. I actually was uh, kind of forced to step away from the, the campaign slightly um, due to the nonprofit, you know, uh, getting launched. Getting want, that, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I wanted to prioritize that and sure. make sure that was, you know, going that's in a, the right direction. That's a very good project, and uh, we need more of that. Uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, that... Uh, Governor Dean of Vermont never got into politics until somebody uh, built, without uh, notifying the residents, a, a uh, trail for horse riding right behind his property. I take it he didn't have horses himself. He didn't have horses, and he didn't think somebody on a horse should be looking in his backyard. And uh, all his neighbors were upset about it, too. And so that was his first... You know, that spurred him to get into politics. And everyone um, has a reason, I Everyone imagine. has a reason. What's your reason? Well, it's certainly not on horseback, although I do <laughs> <laughs> I do have similar uh, feelings about people peering over my gate uh, yeah. on horseback. No, um, my main reasons were the desire to give back to the community in general. So that's what I'm doing with this nonprofit, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm hoping to do with this uh, this candidacy. So I've lived here in San Luis Obispo for about 10 years, and you know every minute of it, I've really enjoyed it, and I don't see myself moving any time in the foreseeable future. Now, I, I get the impression that you're a businessman. 
that you have? I have a background as you know a small business owner. Yeah, my uh, current my current business I've had about for thirteen years or uh-huh. so, and that's a medical review company. So what we do is utilization re- utilization review of workers' comp claims. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, as I imagine there might be quite a few. Essentially, we're trying to reduce overutilization within the medical field, specifically the workers' comp arena. Overutilization. That's interesting. Yeah, and I know people don't, um, you know, they don't know much about the subject in, you know, most, in most circles, but uh, what we are tasked to do is be a, an objective third-party administrator be, uh, between the provider, the patient, and the insurance company. Make sure no one's abusing the system. Uh, and... W- do you just provide that in San Luis Obispo County, or do you do it in uh, all over the state? Uh, it's actually nationwide. Nationwide? Yeah. Okay. And um, now you said you've lived here for 10 years. Where did you live before? Uh, well, I was kind of bouncing around for a little bit. I, um, I'm originally from a small town called Little River. That's in Northern California. Okay. In Mendocino County. Yeah, I think it's a town of 300 or so. My goodness. Yeah, so San Luis Obispo was... <laughs> you had a big high school class, huh? Oh, yeah, all of, you know, 30, 38, I think. Wow. Um, and then I um, had some time in Costa Rica. I, I was living there for a bit, and, you know, I eventually moved to Georgia, and then I, I started my company when I was 22. So um, I had... And how old are you now? I just turned 35 on Friday. Okay, he's almost mature. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I folks, we're for president now. We're cu- that's right. <laughs> we're coming up on a hard break. Actually, I think yeah, you could run for president. Um, let me break away and just say that if you live in the city of Grover Beach, you only have a few days to get in your objection to the increase in city water and sewer rates to City Hall on or before this Monday. We're coming up on a hard break, folks. I want you to be sure and stay tuned after the news to hear more about Taylor Taff with no T and uh, why he's running for the city council of San Luis Obispo. So be sure and stay tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. Stu Jenkins. 